Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. I just like listening to my wife sing. <laughs> I bet. Put that together in about, I don't know, one Sunday afternoon. You'll notice there aren't any chord changes in there, so... This is Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. Welcome to Episode 7 of Car Selling Secrets. In studio today with... Andy Brampernard. Cassie Schrader. And our special guest, the head of recruiting at Walzer Automotive Group, is... Ryan Moffat. We're excited to have Ryan in here. We've known, I've known Ryan quite some time and watched his uh, career develop. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about your journey in the automobile business. How did you get in and how did you get to where you are today? A man of your immense stature. Immense. Just absolute immense. Don't tell my uh, wife that uh, you called me immense because she'll, uh, she'll bring me back to back to ground zero pretty ah, quickly. Okay. So. <laughs> so you married an Irish Catholic girl. <laughs> Not far off. Okay. She, uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, how did I, uh, where did I come from? So I was a pretty typical uh, high school automotive kid, just having a lot of fun, liked cars, um, ended up, uh, both my parents are teachers, so they were definitely, and I'm of the age where you don't have a choice, you're going to a four-year university. Right, and, I came uh, up in that same household. Uh, right, well. right, exactly. So, um, you know, I ended up finding kind of a unique program where it was a four-year bachelor degree program in automotive. Really? Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of them around, but I have a bachelor's degree in automotive technology. So where, what school was that at? And that was Southern Illinois University, okay. Carbondale. So about an hour from Kentucky, not far south. But uh, um, long story short, you know, I, uh, um, I, I, I was a tech. I was wrenching. Um, I was, you know, I've done a different, a lot of different things and got into the industry, looked more for the kind of industry side of it as opposed to just a real narrow version of working in a shop somewhere oh, and we got to do a bradshaw and bryant commercial <laughs> michael bryant bradshaw and bryant what's the latest well basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap well what's interesting to me is you know a lot of people have fear of attorneys it makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant. Bradshaw and Brian. But yeah, so I uh, um, got into automotive, married a Minnesota girl. Uh, cause I'm from Illinois, so here I am. Uh, and, um, you know, got in with Walzer uh, six years ago, actually on April 1st of all days. So that's, that's when I came back too in yeah, 2004, kind of a, kind of a big joke. The entire <laughs> yeah. career has been, <laughs> no, um, but, uh, um, got in, uh, with a training opportunity and, um, you know, was working on the fixed operation side of the business, working with service advisors and techs and, uh, kind of grew that over the few years and, um, had the opportunity to get into recruiting. Uh, here recently so technician to recruiter uh, explain that one out but uh well and you know this is going to sound mean because we have there's we have some of our most fervent listeners are auto mechanics uh, yeah. in the upper midwest we get a guy from uh, louisville that builds cars but typically uh techs are, are a little bit introverted right I absolutely mean, that's kind of their personality but yeah. i mean you can't paint an entire, you know, two million people with the same brush, but you 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 clearly have really high verbal skills, which makes you kind of a little bit unusual in that world. Yeah, but, I had a boss tell me one time, like you yammer too much. Just tell them that they need breaks. Move on with life. All right, and you stop yammering and tell them they need. All right, all right. See, I you know I didn't know that about you. I had assumed that you came through sales and learned all the other stuff along the way. No, fixed ops guy. So you really know nothing about sales at all. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about the secrets on the on the show here. 
<laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> if you have any questions uh, automotive-related or for Ryan specifically, feel free to call in 952-800-1492. I know a lot of people download this and listen later. If you have questions uh, and you're listening when we're not live, you can always email me at Doug at Walzer.com, and I will uh, circle back with the appropriate people, and we'll get back to you. I've got a couple to go through later on in the show today. Um, so, Ryan, what are tell us some of the challenges of recruiting for – tell us what the uh, auto technician landscape is like because I think it's really different than what a lot of people think that it is. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint or just an employment standpoint? Well, both, really. <clears throat> yeah. So, I, I mean, from an employment standpoint, I think uh, it, it, it's a phenomenal career for the people that are looking to do it, you know. Um, uh, there, there are so many different aspects of of the job. Um, some guys have found the the niche where they can uh, work on what they're passionate about specifically, whether it's you know restoration or you know some of those niche markets, mm -hmm. racing things like that. Other guys uh, have found that you know I'm really good at this and it can afford me uh, the lifestyle I want and my hobbies and and everything else. And they figured out the way to you know effectively <laughs> look at somebody's car and tell them what's right and what's wrong, you know? Somebody I was talking about this recently with somebody, and they said, you know, the, the technician world is so different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you look at shop manuals back then, they would actually teach you how to rebuild the starter. That doesn't happen no. anymore. Mm -hmm. No. It's, it's just yank and replace and diagnosis. Yep. But it's really, because cars are so good right now, it's really a lot of... Um, computer work yeah. and a lot of really technical electronic stuff and not just brute strength and replacing well, engines and transmissions. that's what I said. Like, if you work on cars today, you almost need, like, an IT degree. Yeah. Because yeah. I've worked on cars many of times. I've changed out carburetors. <laughs> I do oil changes. I, I've done all that. What is this, 1960 carburetors? Really, Cassie? Yeah, I've rebuilt. Well, I've learned how to do it. I, you know, and I've, that's I've, great. That's you terrific. Know, but now it's like I wouldn't even know where to begin on a newer car. I can, you know, probably, I could probably still do oil changes. That's not really anything technical. But when it comes to replacing certain things, it's like, you know, because you have now you have sensors that go with the starter. Mm -hmm. Now you have, before your starter would just go out, go out you take it out and put in a new one, you know. Um, but now it's so much, there's so much more complicated. So I, I'm, I'm hell-bent. I'm like, okay, I will pay somebody to do it. <laughs> Because yeah. I, cause we, I we love people like you. No, I'm yeah, well, it's true. Because I'm like, I don't want to screw something up. Because if I put do something wrong, I could end up frying this, or you know, I'm I'm just too terrified to do it. Um, yeah, generally you fry like one computer and you figure out like the safety precautions. You need, yeah. so. It's a mistake you usually make once. Yeah, it, or if you're working on a hybrid, you could actually electrocute yourself. No, yeah. Yeah. no way. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I, I would I would end up killing myself. <laughs> For the techs out there. They're, they're picturing the giant orange gloves that you're required to wear right now because mm -hmm. they're, I don't know, 1,000 volts or something like that yes, they can yeah. handle. I mean, I, I, I took automotive in high school, and I, I was a gearhead since I was a little girl. I would help my dad work on his cars and stuff. I had no idea. This is great. That's very oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I've helped raise, you know. So put, you got 11 kids. He's got four. You're both in technicians. Okay. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. I love fixing stuff. Oh, yeah. I've, I've helped replace, you know, like water pumps. So here's my frustration with that, because I grew up, I loved cars since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was a college professor, so I mean, we were, we were okay. We weren't, you know, on, on the streets, but there wasn't a lot of extra money. So I realized if I wanted to have my own cars, I was going to have to be able to fix them. Mm -hmm. Well, this, this, I got my license, I think, the mid-70s, and so gas was really expensive back then. It was like 80 cents a gallon, which by today's standards was quite high, and all kids drove were 60s muscles cars because nobody wanted them anymore. Mm -hmm. They weren't great specimens of them. My first car was a 65 Mustang. Uh, uh, it's a hard top. It wasn't a fastback. Three, uh, 289, three-speed. You would think, God, that's a really a cool car. Yeah, it was a piece of crap. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was at the end of its life. The previous yeah. 10 years hadn't been good to the gray ghost, so I'm... You know, I'm like, what's that sound? Oh, that's the sound when your U-joints fail and your drive shaft just dropped in the middle of University Avenue. Well, how do we fix that? <laughs> and they hadn't invented YouTube yet, so you kind of, if you had a friend that could teach you, you were okay. Otherwise, you had to kind of figure it out on your own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the good thing was, when you worked on cars like that, 
you know, taking a carburetor off. You could put the uh, the open the hood. You could put the, the Barca lounger in the corner. You could have the refrigerator. There was so much room in those engine compartments. Oh, I know. And yeah. I've got three teenage drivers, and I'm just teaching them ba- basic maintenance, like uh, you know, teach them how to do oil changes and all that sort of stuff. Well, I had to replace a starter in a 09 Corolla a couple of days ago with my oldest stepson. Oh, I, these 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 cars are Every, so everything's crammed in. Together. Oh, I know. I, I know. thought it was going to be a 20 minute job. Yeah, it took me an hour and a half. I was a little rusty too, and I can never find. Is there is there something? Is there some sort of a federal law that says? 10 millimeter wrenches have to self-destruct and disappear <laughs> every three or four weeks. Yeah, that, that, that's part of it, right? Is that they, they're, it's the disappearing, it's a disappearing 10 mil. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, that was, that was one thing I was so good at because I was so little, I could get into oh. all those hard to reach spots. Yeah. So like whenever you my know, dad needed, it, I would have to like reach up and hold something while he was on top and you know, he's wrenching on. Hey Ryan, <laughs> but, are you thinking what I'm thinking? What? I don't know, Doug. Entire cast. <laughs> right, right. Cars. Actually, you know, you'd, you'd mentioned, like, yeah, I was in high school auto tech, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, all right, okay, hold on. I'm on the edge of my seat here, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I do a lot in high schools right now. Uh, oh, you but, do? Uh, yeah, it's a, big part of, it's a big part of what I do. So I try and get into as many high school auto programs as I can. Mm-hmm. And it sounds kind of funny, but if, if there's a female in, whether it's auto body or, you know, mechanical or anything like that, it's like, all right, I'm, you get all the time in the world. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you know i've been texted and i'm, I'm late for dinner whatever the case is like i will tell you anything you want because it's, it's... <laughs> you just lied to him is that what you just said <laughs> no no no, no. Oh, I, I... anything anything uh, not not anything, anything you want like, that way you'll yeah. answer any questions they have yes, that's that's correct. maybe a little better thing to say than i'll tell them anything they want well, anyway. i know i was the only girl in automotive and of course i was shunned by a lot of my female yeah. classmates because they thought i was just doing it to be around the boys i'm like no i just don't want to depend on a man to take care of me if i need something done i want to learn how to do it myself yeah. i was we've been re-watching the office series and there's one where i think they all jump in a car to go visit meredith it's, it's after michael ran meredith down in the parking lot oh yeah broke her <laughs> pelvis and she was in the hospital right. and oh, so they're gosh. in some yeah. big explorer and exp- expedition or something like that and they get a flat tire and michael's out there trying to change the tire and clearly has no idea what he's doing he can't even find the tools and stuff in the meantime pam is like oh Mm-hmm. There you go. That's all yeah. done, Michael. All Let's done. go. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I and I also took manufacturing and engineering when I went to Votech at Hennepin County Technical College, and I learned how to weld. I learned how to do all those things. So I, I love that kind of stuff, and I and I wish I could learn all the advancements with automotive repair because I like I I find it kind of therapeutic to just to kind of sit there and tinker. Yeah. And do things like that. But, yeah, I I am terrified when I open up a hood of a newer car because I'm like, it is so compact in there and it's so complicated. And Well, the cool thing is with that complexity is also some ease. I mean, the diagnostic systems are mm-hmm. so much better. In the old yeah. days, you really, it was experience and you had to know the... Yeah. Or what does that sound mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there's still some of that. The great techs still have the, the skill, but... When you can hook computers up to computers and they communicate with each other and say, "Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah," you can buy a you can buy one of those on Amazon if you want to. You can just plug it in; it'll tell you what's wrong with your computer. Your, yeah, give oh, you the diagnostic uh, code, the onboard and, diagnostic yeah. two port scanner. Yeah, and you know, thank God for that because I mean, I can kind of guess like when something's going on with a, a vehicle just by how it's running. But like I said, I wouldn't know how to even replace any parts, whether it's, you know, uh, I mean, just even do basic maintenance, like changing spark plugs on the newer vehicles is very complicated. Yeah. So I give kudos to a lot of these new, the tech services and stuff like that. And I'm willing to pay whatever it takes (laughs) that I don't have to do it. Now, if it's just a regular, you know, block engine, I can work on that. I can do that. But they don't have those anymore. Unless you have a classic car. Mm-hmm. That's know? right. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, I think the way of the cherry picker is kind of old school tool now. I don't even think they use those anymore for the newer engines, do they? Oh, sure. Oh, well, in the shops, they've got overhead hoists. When they, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what Cassie's talking about is basically a, a big dolly with an arm on it, and then you would 
hook chains up to the intake manifold bolts, and that's how you'd get in. Yep, and you would just there's really no simpler way to do it than that. It's just yeah, because then you would just pull. They've got overhead. Pull everything out, and whatever you wanted to put, you can put it right back in, and it was just so much easier to work on. But um, I'm learning so much about you, but we have to take a (laughs) short break, and we'll come back with more of. Ask Cassie how to get my car running right. Call us at 952-800-1492. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. SuperID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. SuperID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and SuperID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, They want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. <laughs> We're back with the Cassie Schrader girls just want to have fun fixing Malibu show. Yeah. The car selling secrets. We're actually talking about automotive jobs and car repair today. If you have any questions, call us at 952-800-1492. Yep. Now, do you guys have a lot of female technicians? We have a few. You do? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that I think just naturally yeah. less women go into the field. Yeah. Uh, you don't hear a whole lot of girls saying they want to be a, you know car tech or whatever you call them when they grow up yeah it's just not as common yeah mm-hmm. you know i mean my, my wife's an rn and there are more women RNs yes than way men, more right mm-hmm. and so i think there's some some you know there's no real reason to it other than it just is yeah i know i loved my the looks that i would when i'd go into an automotive parts store mm-hmm. and i'd walk in and they get to the counter and they kind of give me this look like i don't know what i'm about to ask them like yeah, no, like, that that is funny. And conversely, it was a riot when I sent sent my stepson into O'Reilly on uh, 42 for a can of blinker fluid. You did, did you really? Not. Come on, you, <laughs> the guys are just cracking up, you're and horrible. then they see me, and oh, it was kind of funny. I wonder how many parts guys and gals like they've got to be getting hold of that joke, right? Oh yeah, like, no, I'm sure think. they do. But it's still, you know, anytime an earnest 13 year old boy goes, yeah, um, I just need a can of blinker fluid, please. And yeah. all it would take is one manufacturer to somehow make a hydraulically powered blinker. Blinker, yeah, and that's that right. joke then doesn't make blinker. sense anymore. Yeah, uh, well, then you can get piston return springs or <laughs> framus well, yeah. pans. But yeah, like I would ask for fitzer valves. Well, uh, if they just put springs in there, then you wouldn't even need gas. I had a question <laughs> for Ryan. I mean, this is—I don't think that many people understand what a pretty lucrative career repairing automobiles can be yeah. what do the yeah. top techs in our company make yeah um on average so so right if you look at technicians you've yep. kind of got your entry level your mid-level your top level on average our top level techs are seventy nine thousand three hundred. Mm-hmm. so you know use math and some make a lot more and maybe some don't make quite as much we actually have a handful of techs that are six figures so yeah. Wow. The so, fewer people want to do something, the more people will pay for you to do it. Well, and and here's and it, there's a lot of skill involved because here's how techs get paid. And correct me if I screw this up, because <laughs> um, there is a uh, 
stats that almost every job that we do at the Nissan store, for example, on a Nissan Maxima replacing a water pump is a three-hour job. Hmm. So as a customer, you're going to pay for the part, right, 170 or two. I don't know what it is. Right. Some of these are incredibly expensive. Yeah. Plus three hours of labor. The technician gets a percentage of the labor cost. But here's where the good ones can really make money and the skill comes in. If they can do that job in an hour and a half, they still get their percentage of three hours of labor. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is great for them. It's also good for the customer because they, if somebody's that good, they're usually yeah. the best tech in the shop. Yes. Where it causes some problems because people don't understand it, especially if it's a slow day and they made an appointment and they get their car in there at 9 o'clock and at uh, quarter to 11 they're driving away and they look right. down and they go, I got charged for three hours. And then you have to explain how this works. Now, conversely, if they run into problems mm -hmm. uh, and it takes six hours the customer still gets paid for it's called you know shop rate or, or, or flat rate. flat rate yeah. Right. yeah so that that's really how it works in most of the mm -hmm. automotive world so one of the things that we try to do is set our shops up to make it as easy as possible for the techs to make time because we realize if they're really good and they can make a really good living um, it reduces turnover. It's better for customer satisfaction. Yeah. There's a lot of good things that happen because of that. So our shops are, Walzer spent a ridiculous amount of money on dealerships. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few years ago, we had a, a fixed operations director that said, you know, let's uh, let's air condition all of them. Now, you wouldn't think that that's a big deal. Oh, God, yeah. It's a huge Try deal. Try working on a car it's in huge. July yep. when it's 110 and humid. It's just miserable. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. saps your strength. You work slower. You make less money. I mean, it really, it, it, yeah. it, it yeah, was it's a great a huge deal. thing. We have a call from Wisconsin. Hmm. Hmm. Who could it be? I bet it's a technician. I bet I know who this is. Caller, identify yourself, hey. please. Am I on the line? You are. Is that you? I am? Yes. Oh, hello, Doug. This is your favorite Facebook friend from Wisconsin finally calling in. Oh, how are this you? This is Amo. I, Amo I, I, I know who it is. Well, I am. Yes. I've talked to all three of you on one way or another, either Andy through chat or mm -hmm. Cassie and Doug through Facebook. I am on my way home from class right now, from the GM training center. I was listening while I was listening to the instructor, too. Good help. I got to listen to you guys. You're my cheers every afternoon. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, does that make you, Doug, or does that make you a norm, Doug? Or yeah, who's Doug? You know, who's the norm? funny thing is, when I, <laughs> I don't have a, a, a Boston accent until I go home, and then I sound like Cliff Clavin <laughs> with about 15 minutes, and I don't even try. I'm like, oh, my God. I was going to say, I'm Cliff Cl Dave always calls me Cliff Clavin because <laughs> I always have an answer for everything. Mm. So, Emil, you work in a uh, uh, Buick GMC store? Buick right? dealership. Okay. Yeah, Buick GMC Cadillac. I also, I'm shortly here, depending on how my classes end up dropping, because I'm, I'm at the stage where all I have is hands-on classes left to do. I'll be 100% trained in every category. I've done all the classes I can to do all of them. So what are you going to do? You're asking about hybrid? Yes. Oh, I, I can't move back to Minnesota soon. My kids are here, so... I got that moral and financial obligation to stay here with them oh, for at least another five years. You're, you're time-sharing your children? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I get it. But they're, they're, not, they're at that point where they don't want to participate in time-sharing a whole lot, but we're doing what we can. Yeah, no, I hear you. So when you asked about hybrid, when I first took that first class when the, the uh, hybrid Tahoe came out, the two-mode hybrid. Oh yeah, the ones that got twenty miles. On that. The ones that got twenty miles per gallon instead of seventeen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those we're told if you had the battery pack open, you could potentially have three hundred volts at a thousand amps. No. Oh. Potential when you had it open, like melt your quarter-inch drive ratchet instantaneously and oh, flash a spark. Because there's a capacitor in there. No, but just because of. You gotta think that you have a 300 volt battery that has enough amperage to push that car up to whatever mileage it is before it actually engages oh, yeah, the motor. Yeah, I suppose because electrical engines, they yeah, yeah, that's a lot yeah. of current. Yeah, the transmission, the transmission was kind of drive through with a couple of giant electric motors, like 100 pound electric motors, yeah, inside there, and that's what actually spun the motor over too. They were kind of 
when you hit the start button, it always felt weird because the whole truck would turn over because instantaneously you're you're turning the motor from zero to RPM. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the thing about electric is electric has a potential. As soon as you turn the switch on, everything is there. The gas and the motor has to build up that potential. Yeah, that's right. To, you know, as the bangs go, your electric has to go. So, yes, and you got that flat rate pretty good there, though, because that's what it's like. But it is definitely more and more challenging the better better you get. Well, I will tell you that there is a difference from franchise to franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not to pick oh. on them, but Chrysler can be a little cheap, and the frustration level in some Chrysler shops is is different than it is at say Honda or um, you know some of the other franchises. It's because um, yeah. when they calculate their flat rates, apparently it was done by five people who were a former NASCAR uh, <laughs> engine repair people. <laughs> Oh, there's some like that with GM too, and yep. and they're all they've all gone through it. We were told that Ford, the technicians actually took them to task and had to change how their numbers were being made to make it more appropriate because it used to be a problem. We've heard stories of that. Every manufacturer has their different way. That's why it's just so hard to I I give it to those guys that are at the high end in independence because everything is so specific about what you're doing and everything that is just crazy. The knowledge you have to have just be in one make, much less. How everybody does it. Yeah, that's and, and that's an issue for dealers in the used car world, right? I don't. Do, I, do, does your shop uh, recon all your used cars, or do you farm that stuff out? How? Do yeah, they do we that do ours in house. Yeah, we're not that. We're not a loser lover auto dealer group. We're just yep. like three dealers, and not not fifty-two million like you guys between multiple states. Well, we started at three, <laughs> and that's that's how you get there. <laughs> Um, but exactly, you got to so start throwing money into it. I'll tell you guys, you'll you'll appreciate this. Um, I was a used car buyer for a big part of my career, and I really loved it. But like all used car managers and buyers, and you probably get this when you're working on used cars, is we get pissed at the shop because the recon bills are super high. <laughs> Does that ever happen over in Wisconsin? Oh. Yeah, that's when they Pretty they much. leave us and go to the auction instead of coming back from auction. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's the deciding point of well this can take too much to recondition it to put it on the line so it's going to the auction let let somebody else deal with all that so I figured with the expense out I, or whatever happened I was at a Toyota Lincoln Merc duel and I figured out quickly the easiest way to cut down my recon costs was to buy off-brand product. Because <laughs> then the service already goes, yeah, I don't think it really needs a water pump because I'd have to, you know, call parts and they'd have to jump in the car and go get it. Ah, it's fine. So it's little insider joke. You'll get it. People that have done this for a yeah. living understand it. The people that are buying cars going, what in the hell are they talking about? <laughs> and I didn't even want to go do this. I knew this coming out of high school. It's not what I wanted to do, but... Life has its way of sending you down the path that it wants to send you down. I was going, your your guy there talked about going to a four-year degree. I went to Mankato for automotive engineering technology. Okay. So I wasn't yeah. supposed, initially I wasn't supposed to be down this road, but I still ended up with it anyways. When push came to shove, you do what you got to do, and, hey, I know how to work on cars. Like Cassie used to say, it used to be, you know, when I started in 99 wrenching professionally, he still kind of could. If you had some wits about you, do it. But now it's just the complexity is insane. Oh, and I know. These things have multiple computer networks. And uh, one guy, in the, some of the complaints that you get coming, the one guy next to me, he, he had one and he spent hours and hours, if not over a day, well over a day, trying to find, well, my rear view camera doesn't work. The screen doesn't come out right. It's, I can't remember if it was like only black and white, or if it was just blue whenever you put it in reverse. And it turned out it was a wire buried in a loom halfway down the truck. And you got to find that one little pinpoint spot where the wire got nicked, and we live in the Midwest, so we have salt. Salt does a number to expose wire. Yeah, that, that really is, that, that sort of sleuthing is... Unless you've watched people do that, it's just amazing. I, we had a Mitsubishi store for a long time, and uh, we, I, I remember this was probably 20 years ago, but that very thing, it would blow out turn signals, mm -hmm. uh, fuses, intermittently. Couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. Finally, they thought they'd solved it. 
they were the tech was driving the car, took another tech with him to lunch. The guy put his foot down on the floor well, and the fuse blew. Well, it was a wire that was running only under the passenger side foot well. Oh. So, and so the metal watch, would bow a little bit and create a short? Yeah, that it shorted the wire. Wow. So you watch these guys rip the interior out of a car. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, how does this ever get? It, it just astounds me that you can remove an entire dash, put it all back together so it doesn't squeak and rattle. That's just. Well, I know. I'm even afraid to like oh, change wow. a, like a headlight or something because of, you know, like things have to be clipped in right and yep. you have to use certain tools i'm afraid i'm gonna break the clips yep. or something of that nature so yeah it's I... a proprietary part so it costs three hundred dollars <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't want to break there's it many cars where, there's many cars where the whole the whole fascia the whole front and the uc of the car they have to come off in order to get the headlight out in order to get to the back of it to change the button. Oh, yep. gm has that too i know toyota the second generation oh, prius was like oh, that yeah. it was a seven hour job to change a light bulb <laughs> Customers were really happy to get the It was like an hour and a half, two hour job. Hour and a half, two hour job to uh, to get the nose off of the PTS to get to that. And there is no way because when it, it builds in, it's right up against stuff that you can't get to it at all. There's no way you're going to get, you're not even going to see it much less get a hand in there. So it's got to come up. Or, you know, it, it takes you two days to change the evaporator cord because you don't have air conditioning in a Acadia Traverse kind of thing. And if you don't, you don't put the doors in the right spot. I won't say that I've had it happen or not. I won't, won't admit nothing. That <laughs> if you don't have the doors starting in the right position, you're going back in and, and starting at that point, or you're taking it back out, and you're going to re- move doors around in order to get it back in the position because the whole bash, everything from the firewall out, comes out to get the HVAC case out on a bench and take the HVAC case apart to get to that door. I, I'm really glad you called, and I hope people are listening understand what these guys are talking about because it's really easy, and I hear it all the time. You know, they go, "Oh, I had to take my car to this dealership, and blah blah blah, and it cost a hundred bucks an hour in labor." There's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah. This this is not a nonprofit business. I mean, the, whether it's Amel Store or ours, we are trying to make money so we can. You know, return profit to the owners. That that's part of it, and to say that it isn't would be just flat out lying. But the investment in training, some of it's paid for by the factory, some of it's paid for by the dealer. Depends on franchises. The number of special tools that you need to carry, and that perseverance to fix those problems. And these guys are right. It, it's a fantasy to think that you're going to beat the clock all the time. There are horror stories of this is a two-hour job and I worked in a day and a half on it. I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's the reason that it's uh, expensive. Um, and it's because these – I heard some, uh, Katie Larson, who was on, I think, our second episode, said something that stuck with me, that, that there's more computer power in an 09 Corolla than there was in the, uh, the Apollo project. Yep. And it's got 700 miles of wiring in it, which seems like yep. a lot. Maybe she said 70, but when you think about how much skill and training it takes to really get these cars fixed, it, it's, it's, it's astounding. Now, cars are way better than they've ever been. I think everybody that has driven a car that's five years old or newer will go, God, it's just you know 100,000 miles in between, mm-hmm. between tune-ups, start. When was the last time you had to jump start a car? Yeah. I, I haven't. I can't even it, it, think week. of it. Well, <laughs> well, you're a mechanic. Here, here's another Last insider week. secret. Mechanics always drive the worst cars in the lot. It's like, I have got friends that are in construction. It's like, dude, your siding's falling off. You build houses for a living. Yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah. So. You build houses all day. You don't well, want to I go home and build another. All right, so you're in something modern, a 14-year-old Buick. Excellent. That's good for a tech, right? Yeah, and it's got, it's get, yeah, it's got 175,000 miles, and we're just cruising along the other road. Yeah, my truck is an old Sierra, and it has 310,000 miles. See, and you're not I alone. bought it 85. Yeah. No. Well, oh. we've got to take a quick break and here. Still an original transmission. Emil, we got to take a quick break here. Thanks so much for calling okay. in. It was great to finally talk to you okay. in person. And and you know, I'm usually at work at this time, so I'm like, oh, I'm leaving. This is my chance to call and make that first call. I, I kind of hoped it was going to be a bolt to the Moser kind of episode and get Dave in there, too, but I'll have to just deal with it for today. Oh, he's a movie star. He's a cake eater. He's dead to me now. I'll talk to you later, bud. We'll be right back after the <laughs> okay, short break. Okay, thank you. Okay. 
Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jeff, who started as a customer service rep and is now company controller. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority. Because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. We're back with the last segment of Episode 7 of Car Selling Secrets with Cassie, I Can Fix Cars Better Than You, <laughs> and Ryan Moffat, our Director of Recruiting at uh, Walzer Automotive Group. We just uh, was talking about how techs get paid, what a... Uh, what a kind of a lifestyle it is to work on cars and some of the highs and the lows and what it pays and all that sort of stuff. If you're interested in talking to Ryan about uh, any of these re, uh, opportunities, you can email me directly at Doug at Walzer.com. And I get a lot of KQ listeners that are, and I'm always sending stuff to Ryan. He goes, okay, yeah, I'll talk to him. Yeah, it's Oh, I'm more one. excited than no, that. No, I know you now. are. <laughs> Recently we had a... Uh, a need for part-time drivers at our reconditioning center and we do a couple ads on the morning show and it's it's we it tends to attract retired people because it can be part-time three shifts a week and i i just i must have had 35 emails and i sent them all the recruiting and they're like oh god at least but it's good people are interested and i think yeah. it's a good thing so let's talk about recruiting for because this is the the thing that i think is interesting about your job there's no way you could be, in, as the director of recruiting, an expert in all the different fields you have to recruit for. Because we've got right. corporate accounting. Uh, we've got uh, marketing people. Well, they're pretty easy. You just go to a bar and say, hey, anybody want to be in marketing? And you'll get trampled. It's a pretty popular that. field. That's right. Well, if you own a TV or some sort of a marketing, right. you have a marketing background. Um, IT is you know, a whole different animal as well. And then sales. How do you do that? How do you navigate all those fields? Yeah, uh, I, I tell you what, I, I Google things <laughs> during the interview. Uh, you know, I uh, uh, you know this is a this is the secret it show, right? Car it is, it is car selling right. secrets. Uh, um, uh, no, it's uh, um, uh, I, I do have to research a lot of things a lot of times just because, like, I cash. I have no idea, you know, what what's important if you're looking for a. Uh, a lawyer versus an accountant versus you know somebody else. So oh, some of them right. are pretty We're easy. For a general counsel. Right we now. are actually, yeah. And yes, I absolutely had to Google some things when it came to general counsel. So a um, tort is not something you eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know th there is no way that that we can know all the jobs specifically. Um, if it's something that's new or something that is unique or anything like that, or if I'm just having a hard time you know finding the right person or anything like that i'll i'll stop okay let me go talk to the head of this department let me go talk to the general manager director of accounting whoever it is you know hey i'm missing something what am i missing let's talk this through um if it's something i'm not familiar with i always try and get the information up front because it'll depend on it'll change how i advertise and how i promote the job you know so um, we, we try and get as much relevant information as we can uh, the same way that i would say something you know that might mean something to a technician and nobody else on the planet uh, the same goes for, for other jobs as well. So I have to know what those some things are. And, I, yeah, I certainly don't know them all. 
Yeah, one of my favorite TV shows is an English program called The IT Crowd. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever seen it, but it's a IT um, department in the basement of this huge monolithic company. <laughs> and it's two guys who are the support team, and they wind up sending a woman down there because she's applied for the job as the supervisor, and she doesn't even know what IT stands for. They ask her, and she goes... Internet things. Anyway, <laughs> Internet so things. So now I'm thinking of you every time I watch that. It's a very funny show. Yeah. So I know that you do uh, some recruiting fairs. How else do you – it's a tough job market right now. I mean, totally. as an employer. It's yeah. a great job market as a worker because – you know, an economist will tell you anytime you're four, four and a half percent, you're technically at full employment. Pretty much there aren't very, very many people for looking for jobs. Right. Which in our business is great because the more people that have jobs, the more cars we sell. Mm -hmm. And there again, this is not a nonprofit business that we look on that as a good thing. As long as we're taking care of people and treating them fairly, the more the merrier. But we need people to do that. So how, how, how do you do that? Yeah, it's a um, it's an interesting thing. And the, the recruiting uh, gig, I kind of uh, you know equate to dumb luck getting into it. So it's not something that has been my trade for twenty years. Yeah. So um, you know, I would tell you that uh, aside from just the general um, what you would think, right? Like, okay, well, where would I where would I advertise this? I have to have a job posting out. There. Yes, check. Put a job posting out there. There are a ton of of like really niche job boards and really niche um, like locations to advertise for that type of stuff, you know, different affinity groups and things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we look at things like that, um, you know, but I think a big part of just recruiting in general is what's your employee value proposition? What was your brand promise, right? The same way you have to have a brand promise for a buyer, for mm -hmm. a retail customer, you have to have the same thing for your employees, right? So, um, I was actually, I think uh, um, this week's actually been a pretty busy week. I counted it up last night. Um, this show will be the seventh event this week that my team has uh, accomplished, whether it's been any type of career fair mm -hmm. or in-house or out-of-house, out things like that. So, um, you know, it's it's getting the name out there. You kind of got to go a little bit of everywhere. Um, I was up in St. Cloud this morning at a Technical College Career Fair. And uh, probably about half the people, okay, Walzer, that's automotive. Oh, you must not have anything for me. I said, hold on. <laughs> well, let's back up a second. So what, what's your degree and what program? Well, I'm in accounting, so it's not automotive. Right. However, we're a $1.3 billion organization, as yep. it turns out. Uh, that takes a lot of uh, accounting types to be able to make that happen. Dollars uh, are dollars, regardless of where the revenue correct. is generated. <laughs> so, you know, we, we see a lot of that type of stuff where a lot of it's just a general awareness and like, oh, I couldn't go work for a dealership. Uh, yeah, you sure can, you know. Well, I, I went through that with uh, my father, who was a college professor. In 1983, I decided I was going to sell cars because I needed to save up money for grad school. Now, the car business in 1983 is a little different than it is now. Slightly. I mean, drinking was encouraged by employees at the dealership pretty much. See, if I was recruiting in 1983, it'd be easy. Is your credit terrible? That's yes, right. then I would hire you. And if you can't hold a job for more than four months and you have a substance abuse program, yeah. you'll fit right in yeah. with the rest of the guys. Yeah, you fit the and culture. And if you could sexually harass any of the female employees while you're ready for upper-level management. It, I joke a little bit, but just a little bit. Luckily, um, things have changed. But you can imagine my father's uh, surprise when I told him that I was going to sell Fords. He was like, what? <laughs> oh, he wasn't a Ford guy, huh? No, no. He was anti-meat. His son's uh, college-educated son getting into the automobile retail uh, business. I run into so much of that, that type product. of stuff. Yeah. So much of that type of stuff. Uh, I, I was at a, a high school uh, um, automotive class talking with a guy, and he wanted to go into body shop and uh, um, you know, talking with him and his mom. And same conversation, right? Like yeah. uh, automotive tech, body tech, if you're good and you put the time in, you're making $100,000. And, and, and this kid's mom was just floored. She's like, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. hey, yeah, no, that can't be right. That's You're just telling me. Like, oh, no, I mean, I can. I'm not an Army recruiter. You can quit at any time. Right, right exactly. Right. <laughs> we don't yeah. get you for two years. Right. So, you know, I, I think I, I see so much of that where it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to go try car sales. Well, well, no, but you went to Hamlin or you went to Gustavus or you went to, you know, you can't go sell cars now. Well, there, there is a stigma about that. I there think that the whole work-life balance thing and the salary has helped quite a bit. Absolutely. Because I know it's changed our sales force dramatically. Before it was pretty much eat what you kill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and people, and there are people in our company that just 
love sales and they yeah. want to work all the time and they'll do 60 hours a week. There's probably, what, 25 people in that club. It's, yeah. a, it's a different deal. But for the most part, it's like, you know, if, I, if I'm right out of college and I can make forty-five to $60,000 a year uh, and have some time to myself, it's a pretty good way to start. And mm -hmm. you, learn, you do learn some great skills as well. I mean, yeah. it's how to interact with people, all the stuff that they really don't, excuse me, teach in college, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, one of one of my coworkers, uh, Chris, he uh, he's a director of training, and um, you know, so we he's we terrible. Oh, what a jerk he is. Um, actually, he's in Hawaii right now. Is so he really? He's in Hawaii right now. So uh, I, I'm, I'm actually more comfortable calling him a jerk just because I'm jealous that he's in Hawaii. Yeah, but, well, uh, the Internet only stays in the U.S. Wait a minute. Hawaii, <laughs> I think that is. That's the U.S., right, Andy? Hawaii? What? Hawaii? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. it is. Just checking. You're in trouble. <laughs> um, but he, uh, um, he he was telling me that, uh, uh, you know, he, he was visiting a buddy in Chicago a couple years ago, and um uh, he, he, his buddy's in real estate, and he's uh, kind of overhearing this conversation about the, the sale of a home. And, well, I'm not sure about this, and I'm not sure about that. And he kind of joked with me after the fact. He's like, gosh, I almost stepped in because I was like, man, this is no different than, like, talking about a car deal. Yeah, you know, this right. is no different than, like, well, I'm just not sure, and I want to think about, you know, it's it's everybody's nervous about when you're making a large purchase, mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And uh, so we were kind of joking a little bit, and I was like, well, you should have. You should have just stepped in, and then you could have just asked for a slight commission after the right. fact. <laughs> it's a split. Yeah. But, it's um, a half deal. Give me a half. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that uh, um, there is absolutely a stigma, and, uh, you know, we do it differently. Um, you know, we don't have the, uh, the the typical negotiations. We don't have that uh, that war back and forth on what's the what's the final price and special colored ink to write on paper and things like that. It's just, you know, this is what you pay, and we're going to focus on the customer experience, so to speak. You know, the sales have changed a lot, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially with, um, you know, obviously you think of, of Amazon, but uh, you can find anything online. Right. A lot of customers come in already, for the most part, knowing what they want to buy. Yeah. They, they kind of already have an idea of, of what they're looking for, and they, uh, you, you know, more frequently. Oh, Paul Walls are calling. Doesn't he know we're on the air? <laughs> I should have just answered. You want me to answer? I actually, I sent him uh, a link to the podcast. And he listened to the one. We had Scott Lambert on a couple yeah. of weeks ago, the head of Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. And Paul has always been a big supporter of the work that we've done with KQ and all the loyal fans. And he gets a lot of great feedback from him. And he really liked the podcast. And I'm like, hey, when you're when, when Tom's back and you're back, I want to have you two guys on. That'd be that fun. That would be awesome. That would be a lot of fun. Also, I need your help. I'm trying to get Randy Quality to come on because <laughs> I want to do a whole episode about – how how Randy and I were trained in the bad old days of car sales would be fascinating yeah, stories. It would be, but he's for, oddly enough he's a little reticent to do it. He goes, "Yeah, let's just hold off on that podcasting thing for a little bit." So if you could put the arm on him, I will. I'm just it's it's just the assumptive, right? Like, oh, well, I heard you're doing the podcast. That's yeah, really exciting. Right. Just start yeah. planting the seeds. In yeah, there. Randy is a, a good friend. He runs our uh, Walzer Experience Auto in. Uh, Burnsville, and we started selling cars together in 1983. I, he was a mean guy. Back was he? Oh, yeah. He's the nicest guy in the world. He drank constantly. Oh, man. He went through treatment about 35 years ago, and his personality <laughs> changed. But, I mean, and he's not, he's diminutive, let's put it that way. He's a rather small guy, but he wore cowboy boots and chain smoked, and he was just, people oh, just man. gave him a wide berth, believe it or wow. not. Wow. So. Something I didn't know about Randy. Yep. Well, you'll learn a lot more if you can convince him to come on the show. Um, let me think of what I God, I just had one more question for you, and I can't remember what it was. Okay, how do you get around this? Um, in Minnesota, uh, car dealers are uh, required to be closed on Sunday, but we are open on Saturdays, and that's one of our biggest sales. Yes. Yeah. It's 40% of our business. Yeah. A week's business typically happens in one day. Um, a lot of people at first are really hesitant to get into the business because of that. How do you overcome that objection? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, you know, we're retail sales, right? And um, if you compare us to other retail sales markets, 
um, we have the advantage of being closed on Sundays. Yeah. Right? Other retail sales, you're open seven days a week. Um, quite frankly, again, it goes back to the employee value proposition. If I can tell you that no experience, yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that you have a, a degree, right? I'm always going to, you know, promote education because I think there's a lot of value in it. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, if you can walk into a job with no experience, get paid to learn how to do it through a paid training program, if you can earn a salary, right, you get this money, this is yours. If you can get benefits, all the standard benefits, and quite frankly, we offer some benefits like paid parental leave. Um, that Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I almost want to have another kid. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if, if we would have done this a few years ago, it would have been, you know, benefited me personally. You would have had the whole year off. Oh, my gosh, right. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, when you, can, when you can throw out that we've got the same or more benefits as the other retail sales businesses out there, mm -hmm. when you can say that it's, it's retail sales, but you're not having to travel all over the place, you're not doing this massive amount of, of cold calling. And because, quite frankly, there are some sales jobs out there that, like, I just have no interest in it, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, it, you know, when so you've got all that. So for those of you that aren't in sales, cold calling is when you get a list of people that don't know who you are, and you get to call them up on the phone and convince them to yeah. buy something. It's probably the worst job. It's the, the phone world. call it's version of prisoners. knocking on the door. That's yep. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah when know. I got my realtor's license, basically the first thing the broker said was, you're going to have to start with cold calls. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so about a month later, I stopped doing real estate. <laughs> I don't blame you. You really do have to do a lot of cold calls unless you're willing to really like participate in the broker lifestyle and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a, a matter of right. We've already discussed all these things. Here's all the positives, and then hey, by the way, yeah. you know, we're open Saturdays. It's all hands on deck. It's the busiest day of the week. You want to work that day. It's a lot of fun. We buy you lunch. Yeah, you know, everybody's you in know, a good mood. It, it's it's funny you mention that because I always looked forward to it, and I was it was only in retail for 25 years. That's I got all. into the corporate world about 10 ago. Um, and I did look forward to Saturday because that's all you did as a general manager was just help sell cars. You yeah. didn't have to deal with a the corp, corporate office or reports. Dun, dun, or dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Here comes the Walzers. <laughs> um, so it was fun. And I will, I will tell you this. It took me a couple of years to get used to not working, you know, 10, 12 hours on a Saturday. Yeah. It, was, it was an adjustment because yeah. I felt like, what am I going to do? And right. the other thing that was weird is that it's really hard to get stuff done on a Saturday because everybody's got it off. Everybody, there. yeah. You want to go to Home Depot on a Saturday, forget it. Anyway, oddly enough, that wraps up the seventh episode of Car Selling Secrets from Walls or Automotive Group. If you have questions for Ryan, thinking about a career change, I'm sure he or his staff would love to talk to you. You can always email me, Doug at Walzer.com. Um, I've learned some things about you that I did not know. I'm really impressed by that technical background. That's uh, that's pretty cool. So. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you again next week, uh, Thursday at 2 p.m. Central. Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Yeah.